Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 612 for the 9th of Av in a regular year. So it's Tisha B'Av, the day in which we mourn the destruction of the temple and many other Jewish calamities that happened during this time in history. It's a very, like, considered to be a very inauspicious time for us Jews, Uh, but it can really be thought of as a day of a lot of meditation and contemplation and kind of a lot of sobering. And... Perhaps we can tie that into what it is that we're going to be learning about in today's Tanya, because in today's Tanya, we're going to be talking about going inwards, talking about going into a deep place within ourselves known as the inner recesses of the heart. This is a place that is beyond our emotions, which we tend to think of as associated being with our heart, beyond even our intellect, but to a place much, much deeper than that. So to begin our discussion today, I actually want to bring up a book that I read a while back, written by a psychologist named Jonathan Haidt. And the book is called The Righteous Mind, and it's all about morality. It kind of gets into morality and politics and why, you know, um, some people lean more to the right, why some people lean more to the left. Are there certain uh, patterns that tend to go with this, certain personality traits and all of that? It's a fascinating book. But one of the biggest takeaways from the book and in the discussion of morality is that Jonathan Haidt proposes the idea, and he really demonstrates this idea quite convincingly, that although humans tend to pride themselves on having morals that are based on logic and that are well thought through and are that, that are very rational, in fact, he shows us that this is indeed not the case and that indeed the morals that we have are based on something much deeper than logic. It's not emotion exactly, uh, even though there isn't an emotional component to it, but it's actually something much deeper than emotion. It's more something, you know, we can say intuition, for example. He gives like a bunch of examples of this in the beginning of the book, like kind of like a quiz for you to kind of go through on your own to kind of really examine your own moral stances and demonstrate how as much as they might seem logical at first glance, uh, they really kind of are coming from somewhere else. One example that comes to mind that's kind of a shocking example is this, is he tells a story of a family, a fictional story, I'm assuming, um, who are, they have a dog and they love this dog and then, and everybody plays with the dog and everything. And one day the dog unfortunately gets hit by a car and you know, obviously the family is pretty sad. Uh, But then what do they do later that night? They actually take the dog and they eat it for supper. So you might have even just in me telling this story gotten like kind of like a a repulsive gag reflex, like, oh, like, oh my gosh, why would this family eat 
their beloved pet dog for supper. But on the other hand, if you think about it, you know, cautious aside, there are people who grow up on farms and they raise chickens and they might become really attached to the chickens uh, or different animals, cows, all kinds of things like that. And then they go ahead and they kill these chickens, these animals, and then eat them later. So why is it that we think of a pet dog so differently? This isn't a logical thing. There's nothing logical about, uh, you know, not wanting to eat a dog versus not wanting to eat a pig or a cow or a chicken or any of these animals. In fact, in many Asian countries, they do eat dogs and it's considered perfectly normal. So it's just really a cultural standard that we have. He gives a lot of other examples of this. This this one that one might sound like it's just really just based on culture and it's not coming from a more intuitive place, but a lot of these cultural standards do come from intuitive spaces where we just feel like something just is not right, which is why we often find that across cultures, cultures that have nothing to do with one another often have morals that do overlap with one another. For example, incest. Incest is as far as I understand pretty much considered to be morally reprehensible everywhere. And why, you know, what is it just because of the genetic factors of diseases and stuff like that? Or is there something that us humans, we intuitively feel there's something inherently wrong about it? And where is that intuition coming from? So Jonathan Haidt calls this intuition, this inner voice that we have, that's actually kind of uh, pushing our morality forward and, and actually ends up dictating our rationale, the elephant, our inner moral elephant. So I'm going to link to, if I remember in the show notes, to a, to an article about this moral em- elephant. So you can read more about it yourself. It's really fascinating. So this is going to be our springboard to really come to understand what today's Tanya is going to be talking about today. Um, because in today's Tanya, what it is that we're going to be examining is the heart and how not the heart, like physiologically the heart, but the heart, you know, when we think of the heart in terms of what we feel and how the heart actually has two layers to it spiritually speaking there's the external layer layer of the heart which is our basic emotions what we think of you know usually when we associate it with the heart our feelings of love and revulsion and things like that we've talked about this extensively in tanya actually about how the breakdown of the emotions that are associated with the heart there's the the seven midos we call them the seven emotive qualities of the heart and we've also spoken about how these seven emotive qualities of the heart don't come out of nowhere they actually stem from the mind from the brain from the three intellectual attributes so you know we've talked about this in terms of our relationship with God or our relationship with people as well, that the more we come to understand God, the more we come to understand people, some our spouse or our friends or whoever it is, uh, the closer this can get us to them, the more this can help generate feelings within our heart. So our mind can really have this capacity to rule over our heart. But now today we're going to actually talk about another aspect of the heart, which is the inner aspect of the heart. And this inner aspect of the heart actually comes before the logic. It transcends logic. It's actually a lot more connected with what we call, uh, maybe loosely translated as intuition. So if we want to put spiritual terms to this, uh, you know, Hebrew, Tanya kind of terms to this, then when we talk about logic, logic is really the realm of Bina which is commonly translated to mean understanding, comprehension, analysis, all of that. And that's the second intellectual attribute of the mind, of the three intellectual attributes. After Bina comes Das, and Das commonly translated as knowledge, but really it means more uh, connection. 
attachment is the is the it's still part of the intellect but it's the part of the intellect that connects to the emotion that allows our thoughts to really connect into a way that we feel them that it's not just like an abstract concept it's something that we actually feel we don't just intellectually understand that uh, cigarettes are bad for us if we really connect on the dust level then we will physically be repulsed by cigarettes the more we learn about it but in the intellectual attributes, as we mentioned, there's three. There's Bina and Das, but above Bina and Das, there's another one, the first one, which is called Chokhmah. Chokhmah is commonly translated to mean wisdom, but a more apt tra- translation, even though all, none of these translations are perfect, is intuition. And this intuition, this Chokhmah, as we'll see, also has a connection to the heart, but in a very different way. So where Bina and Das connects to the external aspect of the heart, Chochmah connects to the more inner recess of the heart, a much, much, much deeper place than that. Uh, I would say even deeper than what Jonathan Haidt talks about in terms of the morality and, you know, this inner compass that we have. It's something even much, much deeper than that still. So with all of this being said, let's get into the text and see how the Altarebbe explains all of this. For context, we are beginning Epistle 4 of Egeris HaKodesh today. And so, and once again, this is a letter that the altar Rebbe wrote to his chassidim, really with the point, again, of really encouraging them to give tzedakah. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom line of this letter, as it is with many other letters. So the altar Rebbe begins with the teaching of the Rambam that is found in Hilchos Matanos Evyonim, uh, where it says, En Yisrael Nigalin that the Jewish people are not redeemed without staka by virtue. So it's it's staka which redeems the Jewish people, and the the proof to back this up is actually from a pasuk in Yeshayahu, chapter one, verse twenty-seven, which says "Veshavah bitstaka," which means and it's and her um, captives will be redeemed through staka. So there's something about staka that has the power to redeem. So we're going to learn about what this means. So then the altar brings another pasuk, and this one is from Tehillim, chapter 85, verse 14, which says, Sedek That means that Sedek will go before him. That's the literal translation. But then we want to get into the the technical, if you have to actually look at the Hebrew, and this is where translations are always very limiting in a certain sense, where it says, Tzedek lefanav yahalech, Tzedek will go before him. It's a simple, a much simpler way, like a more straightforward way to say this, that Tzedek will go before him, is if it, is if it would have said, Tzedek lefanav yelech. Those of you that know Hebrew, that would be like, literally, Tzedek walks before him. But it doesn't say yelech, it says yehalech. So why? Why does it say yehalech? So yehalech, so yelech is like walking. It's like an active state of walking. Yehalech kind of ha- connotes this idea that something is making it walk. Some other entity is like, uh, is, um, is, is causing it to walk. So what is this talking about? So to understand this, the Altar Rebbe brings another verse. This is another citation. This is also from Tehillim, chapter 27, verse 8, where it says, which says, on on your behalf, my heart says, seek my face. So what does this mean? So my face, so this has come up before, panai, there's another meaning to the word panai, face, the word face in Hebrew, 
panim is related to the word panimius, the to inner, inward. So meaning to say that when we say like seek my face, the real understanding of this is that you're supposed to seek out to ask for the inwardness of the heart. So what is the, what does this mean? So, okay, so now uh, when we talk about the passion that is coming from the element of fire, the, the godly element of fire that's found in the heart, and then in brackets, there's just like this like alternative, alternate wording for this. So, um, so this idea of like the passion, the fire in the heart and in the, the godly soul. So the altar says there are two aspects to this passion of the heart. There's the external aspect, and then there's the inner aspect. What's the external aspect? The external aspect is the passion and the excitement that comes about through Bina and Das, through understanding and knowledge about the greatness of God, blessed be he, the infinite one, blessed be he, to be able to really meditate upon God's greatness and to have from this, uh, meditation from this intellect to give birth to what we know as of as tfuna. This is like a an emotional feeling. This is a great feeling of love that is like the flat uh, the flashing flames of fire. Okay, so that's the external aspect of the love of, of God, of the of the heart. Then there's the inner part of the heart. What's the inner part of the heart? The inner part of the heart is the really inner, inner part of the par- heart that's called like the depths of the heart, the umka deliba in Hebrew. And this is totally above intellect. So this is not something rational. And this is not something that a person can meditate about. This is not, this is beyond that level of meditation. And to uh, this, this level of... Um, of love is what is alluded to in a in a pasuk in Tehillim, chapter one hundred and thirty, verse one, where it says, "Mimama kim Hashem. From the depths do I call upon you, God. So from the depths, this is referring to the umka deliba, the depths of the heart. And now the altarpa in brackets here says that we can understand this by way of analogy. That just like in terms of worldly matters, right? So we talked about that in the introduction. That there's there's some things that like are so important to a person that it's like they affect him and they're they uh, touch him. They're so um, personal to him that they really are like in the inner part of the person's heart. So, and they cause a person to sometimes do things that are totally irrational, right? So it's like, think about like what people would do for their parents or parents would do for their children or things like that. It's like, it's like we care about these things so much that it's not even rational. We would do things that are totally irrational for, for their sake because they touch us so much. So just like this, that we have these things in worldly matters and like physical life. It's so too, is it when we talk about the service of the heart of God, when we talk about uh, our relationship with God and our love of God, that meaning to say that this aspect of the inner part of the heart is totally above intellect, totally above under a knowledge uh, and, um, and the emotions that come about through intellect. But rather, what is it then? If it's totally above intellect, where is it coming from? What's it about? So it's actually a ray of the supernal chokhmah that is above understanding and das. So again, in that map of the spheros, so the spheros, the three intellectual uh, attributes are chokhmah, bina, and das. So wisdom, wisdom and understanding and knowledge is how they're commonly translated. But it's actually, you know, heart again, translations are very limited. So it's like when we meditate, we really actually start with the with this 
the second one leading into the third. So we start with our Bina. Bina is our understanding. This is where we try to contemplate and understand and analyze and all that stuff. And that leads to our sense of knowledge of like really appreciating something. But Chokhmah is above that. Chokhmah can be thought of as more of that spark of inspiration, of intuition, that kind of thing. So, so too above are there those spheres, just like we embody these spheres um, in our own lives, in our own self. So for God, this, uh, this, this level, this, um, this level of chokhmah is really beyond intellect. It's something that is supersedes intellect, supersedes rational understanding. And so this is what we are tapping into when we, um, when we, when we talk about this inner level of the heart. And so within this supernal chokhmah that we're talking about is actually found, uh, vested and is hidden the light of God himself. As is written, Hashem bechokhmah yesad aretz. This is from Mishlei chapter 3 verse 19 that God uh, founded the earth with his chokhmah. So it's like this is the source of all of creation is, is chokhmah really. And this is, to make it really straightforward, this is the spark of God that is found in every single Jewish person. It's the pintle yid of every single person. So that's the end of the section for today. So what we've learned is that there are two levels of passion towards God within our hearts. There's the external level, which is like this love that we generate through intellect intellect and intellectual understanding and all of that stuff uh, and meditation upon God. And then there's this more essential inner layer, which is more essential. It's, it's super rational. It's where we would like literally give our lives for the sake of God, just like we can think of it as a parent giving their lives for their children if needed. This is the level that, as explained in the introduction, I kind of liken to the elephant that uh, Lahavdiel, you know, not exactly the same thing, but kind of to give us an idea of it that Jonathan Haidt talks about in terms of the moral compass that we have that supersedes logic, supersedes rationale, even though we like to think that it's based on reason, it's really not. So, so too, yes, there is a part of ourselves that is uh, attached to God, that feels love for God, that is based on reason and that we can generate it further through more reason. However, there's another part of us, another part of our hearts that's attached to God in a way that really supersedes reason. And that is a much deeper part of ourselves. So that's the end of the section for today. And tomorrow we're going to continue along these lines and we're actually going to tie in what it is that we've been learning about the two aspects of the heart and interestingly enough connect this to the mitzvah of circumcision and how so too when it comes to circumcision there are also two layers of circumcision that that occur uh, so stay tuned for that and i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather avraham yitzhak ben benyamina cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.